Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at The Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes, disappears, dear. And I feel so fine just to know that you are mine. My life is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. That's how this ring goes. So come on, join in. Everybody, sunshine, lollipops, and This is Revolting with Steve O and Robot on the Cycling Independent, Episode 77, The Family Friendly Show. Uh, content warning? <laughs> There's no need for one. Uh, we don't we don't need a content warning this week because we're going to be on our absolute best behavior. Uh, let your kids out of the cages and get ready for an hour or maybe much less of wholesome uh, family friendly entertainment. So this is a concept that we discussed recently uh, where I know that we challenged ourselves to do an entire episode where neither of us said bad words. And we were just discussing uh, before we hit the record button, uh, like under what parameters do bad words fall? I don't think like we, I think immediately started talking about farts and, but that's not a bad word. That's it gives something like, what can we get? What could we get away with if we were doing this in front of a sixth grade class? Yeah, I think we wanted to serve up wholesome family entertainment this week. But it's going to be hard. Like uh, the <laughs> 10 minutes we were just chatting before this got pretty rough. Yeah, it was. We, I, it's uh, <clears throat> there's an episode of SpongeBob. Uh, what most of everything that I like, all the lessons I apply to life, I learned from SpongeBob. But there's a there's an episode where they, I think Patrick and and SpongeBob learn bad words, and Mr. Krabs is aghast. Uh, but the, uh, Bob and SpongeBob and Patrick both they call them sentence enhancers, <laughs> and so every time they say bad words in the cartoon, it's just a series of seagull squawks. Um, so I think I've heard that. Profanity is a sign of low intelligence, and then I've heard that profanity is a sign of uh, heightened intelligence. I don't really know. We probably land somewhere in between. But we're going to do our best to keep it uh, keep it clean this week. It's really just sort of a challenge, a personal challenge. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting bunch of uh, topics we can explore. It's interesting. So every Monday I put the podcast on Spotify and it asks me whether it's clean or explicit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's quite a dichotomy. And I always pick explicit, although I don't think of our podcast as. Well, I mean, (laughs) what, what are the rules? There's no like little question mark you can click on. 
Right. And it's totally subjective. You know, would my, um, <clears throat> would, would somebody's, uh, conservative Graham Graham, uh, enjoy listening to some of the shenanigans that we present? No, likely not. No, probably not. Uh, but as anybody who's not a sensitive Graham Graham, uh, are they okay with the stuff that we talk about? And they might, they might be, I, I don't, I don't know. Sure. So anyway, this week we are going, um, we're going to be all above board and, and keep things clean and fresh and like we're a couple elementary school teachers it's gonna be great yeah speaking of which we we just we're both wearing um ball caps uh at the moment and we had a, a little conversation beforehand <laughs> about the power of the ball cap uh kids listening at home when you put your ball cap on you want to put it on straight and then as an enhancement just put it slightly off center and watch the people around you tweak real hard. Yeah. Some people that people don't, people don't uh, necessarily respond to a, uh, a ball cap just ever so slightly askew. Uh, so, but like I was saying, I think it, it makes you look like you're thinking about something. You're either, uh, you're a developmentally arrested white guy perpetrating to be a, a hip hop star, or you I'm thinking I'm contemplating some stuff. So I got to put my hat on sideways and that also, have you ever heard the theory that the curve in one's bill should match the curve of their forehead? I didn't know that. I, I saw that on the internet. Maybe that's why I can't. I, I think I put a flat bill cap on one time and I was like, nope. <laughs> uh, and not. maybe I was just reacting to the jaunty curve of my own forehead. No, no, I, I do that. I do that all the time. Like I got I've, uh, since I was a kid, I've had a, a curve. And that reminds me of a funny story. There was a television show. I think it was on Netflix called 13 Reasons Why. Uh, are you familiar with that? About I'm not teenage suicide is like a teenage soap opera kind of a thing. Uh, so my friend Barker was one of the set builders for that series. And there was an episode that was filmed. Um, I mean, it was all filmed in Vallejo and in the Bay area. Uh, and there was an episode where, uh, the two main characters, I guess the two protagonists, they went to the DIY skate park to confront this guy because he's uh, allegedly stole uh, somebody's letter jacket or something like that. So uh, Barker had to build a skate park at the old West Oakland train station. And there was, you know, all manner of, of ramps and curbs and banks. And it was really well done. And he put the call out, a bunch of us, I don't know, like four four or five of us went down and the producer, the director was like, who are these who, who like old people skate? And Barker's <laughs> like, yes, of course old people skate. Uh, of course old people skate. And, and, the, and they were like, well, what about this one guy? And they, and Barker's like, look, every spot has the elder because I was the, I was the oldest of, of our group. Uh, and, they, and they kind of regulate things and they kind of let the kids know, you know, like what, what the what the poli politics and the policies of the spot are and you can't get away don't do graffiti and you know pick up your trash and that kind of shit so <clears throat> i wasn't you said allowed a bad word we got it we're gonna have oh, to edit that. okay 
Okay, just we'll strike one for me. Um, strike one. Uh, 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 where was I going with that? Oh, I couldn't wear any branded stuff. Like, I could only wear the clothes that the that the wardrobe people had okayed with, and however that works. So this woman said, "What do you usually wear?" And I said, "I don't know, flannel and a and a ball cap." And she gave me a diamond hardware, like a deep diamond hardware hat with uh it was flat bill and i i took it and i immediately curved like curled <laughs> the the heck out of the bill and put it on and she's like oh, that's my hat and i said no self-respecting middle-aged skateboarder is gonna wear a flat billed hat um and so as it was i didn't have any i didn't have any lines in the episode uh but when the fight started I like charged to the front of all the kids that were going to go and mob these two dudes for, for, uh, roughing up, you know, one of our homies. And so right. I had to like mouth a bunch of words. Like you, you don't say anything cause the mics will pick it up. So you basically have to mouth like watermelon, cantaloupe, watermelon, can cantaloupe, watermelon. So it looks like you're saying <laughs> stuff and I was holding everybody back and I was like, it's cool. It's cool guys. It's cool. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, ended up seeing the episode and you just see me skate by in the background. Like that was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was but my, the hat was on point. <laughs> that was my shot at stardom. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know what episode it was. I was on an episode of 13 reasons why, if you see the skate park episode, the guy in the gray flannel that skates by in the background, that was me. I mean, this has to make it to all hell, the black market. I, I need to see this footage. <laughs> uh, I looked, I was in, uh, I was in Minnesota for the, uh, El Manzo, La Manzo. What was the big Almanzo. El Manzo. That's right. Um, uh, gravel contact. race, uh, on the, on the dime of Shimano of North America. And the episode had just come out. So a bunch of us like piled into the hotel room to try to, see if uh, you know my 15 seconds of fame was there and like you if you didn't know if i didn't know i wouldn't know it was me but it was super fun to you know getting to skate that spot and um it was funny because i was just like dicking oh I was just, excuse me that's too i was goofing around on a little bank to curb over in the corner and then all of these total hot shot skaters came over and they and they were like, Oh, can we, can we skate the, your spot with you? Like, you know, like, you've been ripping this whole park. And then I'm over here just playing on this little thingy and, and they all came over and we had our own little like private session. It was pretty fun. Do you think in the editing session, like you thought you were going to have this, this moment uh, where you break up this fight or whatever. Um, do you think in the editing session, they were like, no, nah, I can't use it. He's obviously <laughs> just saying watermelon, cantaloupe, cantaloupe, watermelon over and over again. <laughs> There's no way to fix that. Yeah, it's, it's possible. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. What, I was, There's a fight going on, and this guy is just advocating for a healthy diet. <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty disappointed. I was really excited to see, you know, the kid who was the antagonist. He he'd he'd been hired, and he had to sign up for the Screen Actors Guild membership and the whole thing. Like it was a it was a deal, and then you know we got to have lunch with the crew, and I saw the stars of the show, and they you know a couple of them said what's up, and it was I was really neat to kind of take a peek behind the curtain. Cause I'd, I'd never been involved in anything like that. 
I'm just going to pause here and note that that whole story was about, yeah, I don't wear flat bill caps. It was about <laughs> the curve of a hat. And of, of yeah. course, like, a, like that, of course, that's the story that I think of when I think about cur- curling one's trucker hat is I, yeah, I got admonished. I got balled out by the wardrobe lady. I've never told that story on, on this show before. I think it's a pretty I interesting one. You didn't know I was on a TV show on Netflix. No, I did not know at all. Yeah. I'm, and I want to see it so badly now. Uh, um, I don't know. Google 13 reasons why skate skate park episode. I don't I don't know. It's it. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, Google Steve Knievel Emmy nod. Man, I couldn't. And I didn't. I don't even think I got. A, I don't even think I got a. A paycheck. I got lunch. I mean, that just made the story a lot more believable than it was before. <laughs> and I didn't get paid. Oh, well, remember the story about right. the UPS guy asking me if I wanted to be in a porn that he directed. And then I was like, well, what do I get out of the deal? And he's like, we'll give you lunch. Like, that's all I do. That's all I do. I just act for lunch. Yeah. So two bad words. I got two strikes against me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm clean so far. We're 10 minutes. We're more than 10 minutes into this thing. And I'm I'm I'm. Uh, I am as the driven snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do music picks. Okay. I have a family oriented music pick for this week, and it's a record that you and I have discussed before <clears throat> because you have, I think, another one from this series or a similar one. My pick this week is the 1966 release, The Official Adventures of Batman and Robin. The Joker's Revenge. I do. I it might even be that record. <clears throat> I think you have a. <clears throat> I have. It's mine is green. I think you have a later of uh, entry in the series that's blue. The cover? No, it's black. And there's Batman is on the cover, and I think there's a spotlight, and maybe he's like going toe to toe with the Riddler. I can't remember, but I've had <laughs> yeah, that so since this- I was five or six. Yeah, same. I think it's the first record I ever listened to, and I loved it so much. Um, On one side, it has the origin stories for Batman and then for Robin. And these are done. They're done radio play style with like Foley artists making sounds in the background and a lot of like, (gasps) yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the other side is about the Joker. I only ever listened to the origin story side over and over and over again because it was the coolest. Uh, I think uh, there, there might. Yeah, it's it's definitely not that one, but it's I'm sure it's probably produced by the same. By the same people. Yeah, it's like Leo Records or something. It's got like a little. 60s style Leo, like lion logo in one corner. That's fun. They're the best. And you know what? Um, I'm, I will have a link to it. You can listen to it on YouTube. I found it. Uh, so not only am I recommending, I don't want you to think that I'm recommending this thing. You're like, well, where am I going to find this? You know, there was probably <laughs> 500 of them made. Uh, where am I going to find this? I'm just going to like spend the rest of my life at yard sales. Uh, but somebody has put it on YouTube for us. I, w- I appreciate that. And I will, uh, I will investigate and it would probably inspire me to put my own on because I haven't listened to it in some time. Um, 
So you said that, and then I have a I have a selection of four GI Joe seven inch records where it's the same thing. You know, there's one where he goes to the cursed island, and then there's the mummy's tomb one, and then there's you know, and you hear. And I listened to those. I had a little blue turntable, and I listened to those like crazy. So when you started talking about the Batman record, I was then like, oh, gosh, I have to go to the Internet real quick to find what the name of the G.I. Joe 7-inch records are. But I can't find it. I do know that it was on (laughs) Peter Pan records. Uh, So I'm going to go with my original pick, uh, which is uh, a band you turned me on to. Uh, oh. which I've now like taken as my own discovery uh, 68 from oh, yes. Georgia. I think they're from Georgia. Uh, and they the record are. is two parts Viper, uh, which came out in two, <sighs> 2018. And I've been listening to that a lot. And I just, I just, I can't believe like chariot, the chariot, which was um, the singer guitarists previous band they're amazing and i never like i don't know how his efforts slipped off my radar well the thing about the chariot is that they are a christian hardcore band yeah they're so good (laughs) they're so good i don't even care well yeah no i think that that is true i'm going back through their ovra their their catalog uh it sounds good but i understand that i would have just swiped what is the swiped left yeah on that like a million times yeah just as a concept but i mean so what's his name josh josh scoggins Scoggin. kenny loggins he uh i mean he identifies as christian i guess technically on paper i too identify as christian I don't believe in the old man in the sky and stuff, but in terms of like do unto others and, you know, like the base values, I guess I identify as Christian. Okay. You know, don't, don't be a jerk. Uh, uh, don't covet, don't eat shrimp on Thursdays. I mean, I don't do, I do all that (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Don't let your donkey wear a hat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, the basics. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm trying to justify how much I'd love his output and uh, how I, I'm shocked that maybe I'm not shocked that it slipped off my radar, but 68 was, that was brand new to me when you introduced me to it, whatever year and a half or two ago. Yeah. So I discovered 68 because they had opened for a band whose name we can't say on a family friendly show. Mm. Um, also from Georgia also from Georgia three piece real AMREP soundy noisy band yeah just the best band in the world Robot loves them love them Um, ironically their their lead singer's name is Christian anyway um, they had opened for that band 68 had so i was like oh, okay i must love them because i was so obsessed with the other band and i listened to 68 and i was like what because they actually don't sound like anyone else mhm would yeah. you not say that i absolutely i absolutely would they are <clears throat> what did uh, our friend christina sinkovic said 
yesterday, something to the effect of the drummer. It, it's like the drummer is doing battle with with the singer or the audience <laughs> or like he is. What's his name? I think it's Nico. Yeah, Nico Yamada. Holy cow. And there's just like huge rack of effects pedals and there's like weird little samples and loops and uh, it, it's uh, I've never no, I've never heard anything like it before. I love it. I just love it so much. Yeah, I feel as though what uh, they do is they write a song and then they pull it apart. They just tear it to absolute shreds and then play it that way. But yeah. like the core melody and the ideas are still there. It's really they are so, so good. The only flaw, and I think we've both identified this, is that they are constantly on tour opening for someone terrible. It's true. It's true. I don't get. I don't get it. But they are. You know, they're relentless, and they're they're always on the road, and they're always pushing their uh, output, which is amazing. And I can't imagine that an audience that would go see Falling in Reverse or Corn or <laughs> any number of the other like questionable bands that they play with. And I'm sure. You know, I'm sure they're all very nice people. But for me, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit at all. Uh, so I wonder if they're just like, you know, they're relentlessly touring and playing for people who just can't possibly get it. Well, the other thing I don't get is the bands that invite them along as the opener. Like, mm -hmm. do you not know what they're going to do to your audience before you come out on stage? Maybe. But, uh, you know, again, like, does... Does do fall does falling in reverses audience are they? Uh, they have such bad taste in music. What are they even looking at? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. And so, are you? You're not really doing it. You're not. You're not advancing, and you're not detracting. You're just. You're. You're. You're making this brilliant. Uh, get offering this brilliant product, and and everybody is just there. Who they just don't they don't even possibly they can't possibly understand what what they're experiencing. It's just sort of like falls on deaf ears, and maybe one person or two people say, "Ah, mm, okay, I'm questioning some of my life's decisions," <laughs> because the headliner is really not good at all. And these guys, <laughs> is, this is something that I want to investigate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I hope that's happening, and I hope that sixty eight strategy is that. Well, we were going to play in front of the largest crowds we can. So we'll take these we'll take these opening slots for bands that are um, horribly mediocre, even insipid. Uh, there's a vocabulary word for you, kids, <laughs> even insipid, but still popular. <clears throat> right. I, I, I don't know. There's those a, guys are 68 are on the road. And if they come to your town and you don't see them, you've made a grave error. I think they play and they play in, well, it's the tour will be over by this, by the time this is published, but they're on the West coast. Now, uh, I'm going to see them two nights back to back, uh, to try to make up for the years that I haven't been able to see them because they don't come this direction, uh, with much frequency. If, if, if maybe never, I don't know. I honestly, you know, not in the time that I've been paying attention to them. So, um, yeah, two parts Viper uh, that came out in 2018, and it's 
it's just it's I love it. Can't get enough of it. I'll tell you the uh, the other thing about them, which I found incredibly charming. First of all, they play they sweat through a suit. They wear suits and they sweat through them every night. You and I have talked about what they're what they're dry cleaning. It's funny because I've been watching them uh, like their tour, you know, the, the stories on Instagram and uh, Nico wears a pair of black overalls or like, yeah, overalls like everywhere. That's his jam. And then Josh wears, you know, like um, uh, uh, tropical shirts, what, what Hawaiian shirts yeah. and like peg jeans and loafers. Uh, but then when they play, they have, you know, they're very sharp tailored suits. Their aesthetic is just so it's just so good. So, so yes, they rage in these suits uh, until they've ruined them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they work their own. I mean, when I saw them, uh, Nico came over and worked the merch table and like shook everybody's hand. He was just after brutalizing his drum set, mm-hmm. after doing cruelties to his drum set. Oh, which is a really small kit, too. It's like two cymbals, a kick drum and a snare. I mean, it's like the tiniest little, it's like the dude from Bottles and Skulls. He used to, like, he plays like this tiny little kid and just demolishes it. Like, shows that you don't have to have much to do so, uh, you can have very little to and do so much. Yes, yes. Uh, And afterwards, he he came over and I shook his hand. He has very soft hands, which is weird for a drummer. Uh, but very sweet, very sweet, made time for everyone that came up and wanted to um, go, oh, dude, 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 that was, oh, you guys are, yeah, dude. You know, all those people. Uh, I'm, bringing I, I them a, care, I'm bringing them a care package. Oh. I've only, I brought uh, Cole, who does the management and roadies for Red Fang. I brought him a Budweiser sweater a bunch of years ago because I was like, oh, everybody in the band always gets the accolades and the presents, you know. The person behind the scene, they never do. And so, but then I was like, you guys have been on tour forever. A pair of clean socks might be, you know, extra appreciated. Or a bag of snacks, probably won't bring them the inverted cross, all hail the black market socks, because that might not go over well. But, you know, bring them some, bring them a little gift bag. That's how much I love them. (laughs) That is super nice. And I mean, they should be, they should uh, love us because. We've just made them super famous. They're headliners now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with, having said all that, let's uh, take a word from our sponsor and we'll be Spots-a-rooney. right back. Rooney. Revolting is sponsored by the homies at Shimano North America. They're hoping that you bunch of knuckleheads will check out their sweet new road wheels. Have you seen them? At 105 Ultegra and Durace levels, they have carbon disc wheels you can afford that are as well-made as everything they make. One thing I really like about them is they're not rolling billboards. They're, they're low-key. You know, they're arrow, they're tubeless ready. They're all those good things, too. Do us and yourself a favor. Give them a look at road.shimano.com. What are, we talk, what, are, what are we talking about this week, Robot? Uh, this week, we're talking about nice things. Memories of childhood, benign and non-controversial ways to spend your time, bikes, skateboards, and what's good on TV. Uh, we're sure it won't be too boring, and hopefully neither of us has a seizure trying not to swear. 
as soon as we hit the stop button, I'm sure one or the other, both of us is going to scream, is going to scream bad words just to cleanse their nervous, reset their nervous system. I want to say a thing because I know there are a lot of children listening today mm-hmm. um, that I, we have a policy. We, we had a policy. We have always had a policy in my house with my children that they can use any words they want to at all. As long as they're funny. If you say a thing that is conventionally obscene or dirty and it's not funny, that's problematic and you're going to get a talking to. Have you ever uh, had, did, have you ever done uh, washing mouths out with soap or did that ever happen to you? N- no. I think that's just cruel and unusual. It is. You know, I never swore around my parents until I have only within the last two years said the F word in front of my parents. Oh. And not, the, like, you know, just occasionally. Fart? Mm, exactly. Yeah. S was, uh, S was, uh, S was acceptable. Uh, but, but F has just now kind of come into the, you've been invited to the table. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I had a similar deal. I could say whatever I wanted when I was a kid, but my dad highly discouraged F words. Yeah. Um, I t- love towards, them. towards the end of his own life, he used them though. And so we used them. <laughs> it was just, like, you're following his lead. Yeah. Oh, we're doing this now. All right. <clears throat> Oh, you said it, Dad. You know, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, qu- we're going to question. Just jump right in. Question one: yeah. What are your fondest memories of childhood? Favorite toys? Favorite things to do? Well, you brought up GI Joe, um, and when we were uh, little, the GI Joes were a foot tall. Mm-hmm. They weren't the little hard plastic action figures, right? They were the tall ones with the articulated limbs. Yeah, if you had a lot of GI Joe toys, like you know the 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 uh, space capsule <clears throat> or a jeep or whatever, and maybe two GI Joe dolls, that took up about a quarter of your room. The toys were <laughs> so big that that you know there's the Foot Locker. You get the Adventure Team medallion, which I still have on my studio wall right now. I'm still Sounds an correct. active member of the Adventure Team. Uh, those were so cool. I loved them. The thing that's well, first, the other thing is, if you had that stuff, you were rich. Uh, or I think. you knew somebody who had a lot of hand-me-downs, which was my case. I had maybe uh, had one or two new GI Joe things. Maybe I had like some outfits, but all the other stuff came from uh, someone whose kid had outgrown them. I was oh, wow. very, very lucky. And my friend Eric, my best friend Eric, he had all kinds of cool G.I. Joe stuff. So, you know, I got to play with his a lot. Yeah, I, I had a friend who had them. And the thing that I thought they were the coolest, I think the first time I saw them, and this was before Star Wars action figures arrived on the scene. So it must have been like 75, 76. Um. I had a friend who had them and it was at that point I had like a um, visceral, a a positive visceral reaction to the color olive drab. (laughs) (laughs) 
mm-hmm. which is be- which has become which I only bring up because it is my, it's my favorite color. I think olive drab. I don't know why because I'm not like a pro military guy. Like my brother was in the army, but I'm not I'm not one of those people that fetishizes the military. But something about GI Joe and the olive drab of like he had this little rubberized helmet mm-hmm. that you could take on, to put on, and take off. Um, it just stuck has stuck with me forever. In fact, I got my first pedicure last week, and I got olive drab toes so I could refer to them as my GI toes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. Oh, and by the way, we're both well. Robots had his first pedicure, and I have had pedicures for years. Uh, it's great. Facials, like facial treatments, pedicures. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a manicure, but if you think about how much damage, how much sun and stress and whatnot that your face gets and your feet get, and to treat them well and to get a little bit of, you know, get a massage, get some exfoliation, <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Have you ever had a facial? I have not. In fact, I only had a pedicure because I I understood that you did it. And I don't mean to be like, I did it because Steve did it. But my wife was like, I'm going to pedicure today. And then she's like, want to come? And I oh. normally I'd be like, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm good. But then I was like, how am I going to go through my whole life not knowing what this is? Steve has done it. I'll go find out what is so great about it. So I went and I got a pedicure. They're I didn't great. love it. I'll be honest. I didn't love it. Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, um, I don't process luxury very well. I feel like a fish out of water. I remember I stayed uh, for Brittany's 40th birthday. I took her to this super nice hotel and I checked in and the guy wanted to like carry my bag. And then he was like, took me to the room. He's like, do you find that? Are you finding the temperature in here uh, acceptable? And I was like, I was like, I'm not the president of the United States. Um, (laughs) This is just, I just made me feel uncomfortable. So yeah, I got the pedicure. It wasn't that it was unpleasant, but I felt very much like um, this is this. It felt very like Roman in its decadence. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's self self care service. I know. know. And, and it makes your feet feel good and it, if your feet hurt or you have like big calluses and all kinds of rough cracked skin and stuff like why why would you go through life with with your feet hurting i don't know it's it's weird i mean so my ex is a she's an esthetician and um has you know been a career done career skin care and diet and all of this stuff nutrition she's she's really smart on all that stuff and but she would give me facials periodically, and I was like, I can't believe how bad my face feels all the time. Like, I, you just get used to it. It's sort of being sunburned and dry and cracked, and it's like a wind fairing, you know? Like, your face is, it gets all of the damage, and your feet get all of the damage from standing and walking and running and pedaling and all of the stuff. And to get that sort of resolved a tiny bit uh, or addressed, it's just... I, you know, it's per- perception and perspective, like everything. I'm not trying to yuck your yum. It was not my a, first no, time. I was uncomfortable with it. Uh, I'm Again, I'm not saying it was bad. And I dig having green toes. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like an ogre, uh, which I enjoy. Um, 
But let's maybe, get back to the question because I yeah. don't know where how we got here. Toys, but maybe you'll, maybe it's something that you get used to. I don't know. I'm a, I, I encourage I encourage. It's always men who are like, oh no, you know, I need to suffer. Being a man is is half suffering, and it's just I'm I'm, I'm over it at this point. So. I encourage people to take care of themselves in ways that are considered feminine. Like women get facials, women get pedicures. That's not for men. Men have to be like uncomfortable to really like survive. And I think it's garbage. Yeah, I I may need I I with I am a hundred percent with you philosophically, but I think that I have probably I probably need some like man cult deprogramming also. Uh, it maybe like get one of your homies and go get a, go do pedicure. But I took Barker out, the guy I mentioned before, I took him out for his birthday. We got pedicures, and then we went and ate oysters uh, a couple <laughs> years ago, and it was absolutely delightful. Huh. I'm I all love f- to be delighted. I'm all for it. I think you just got to make a habit of it. So favorite b- memories of childhood, favorite toys, favorite things to do, G.I. Joe's, big one, uh, playing in the woods, making tunnels. Uh, we talked about Stomper 4x4s, which are little battery-operated uh, four, four-wheel drive trucks. Uh, loved those um, climbing trees, playing in rocks. Like I loved rock outcroppings. Uh, that was one of my favorite things to do. Build little forts in the rocks. Oh, making uh, like when it rained, I would build dams in the ditches and collect a bunch of water and then build little towns and put little people and stuff and then flood it. So I, <laughs> I was really into disasters. So I love like making floods. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I did build a little dam down in the draw uh, below the house I grew up in, and and it was like it was a pretty good sized pond, you know. For my sister, uh, my sister and I could play in the water, like submerge, 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 submerge. Our like at least half of our bodies in the in the water, and that was just you know runoff. So that was that was fun. Just playing in the woods a lot, like that was. Yeah, it was like, you know, with my fantasy, weird little kid mind, I just kind of spent time backpacking and goofing off in the sticks. It's the best. When you're a kid, your imagination is so uh, rampant and your sense of time is so beautifully warped that you're like, hey, there's a bush. Let's climb in it. Yeah. (laughs) What? I mean, when you're really inspecting things and you look really closely at things. And, and I remember I saw, I always saw ants around thorns, like rose thorns. And I had it in my mind that the ants lived inside of the thorns. And oh. then I imagined like little living rooms and the ant little windows and ants would like crawl in there. And, he, you know, the ant guy would come home to his aunt wife and they would have... <laughs> Family, family like it was just you just lose it you're just you're crazy when you're a little kid it's awesome i we used to play in the woods i grew up in southern alabama and you know it's pine and it's this but one of the things they have there are fire ants and they make these big um sandy mounds and so we would be playing uh <clears throat> tag or so it was never tag it was always some um a uh, convoluted game where you're running around in the woods. And I remember on several occasions, uh, standing, like listening for someone coming to get me, trying not to breathe. And then all of a sudden my <laughs> leg is on fire and I look down and I've been standing in a fire ant mound for like a minute. 
and they're up to like the middle of my thigh and you start spazzing out and you get all these red welts all over your leg. That was fun. Fire ants are not were not a thing. I mean, I definitely like I got I I got covered in I fell into an ant pile or stood or rolled around in one or whatever and I remember just <laughs> losing my mind and my parents came out. You know, I was I don't even think I was being bit too much. Cuz fire ants sting, right? They do. Yeah, and I heard it's incredibly painful. Well, one, it's one of those deals where one is not incredibly painful, but 180 is. And yeah. that's what, you, so you're sort of like, uh, it's like, you're, it is like your legs on fire. Yeah. Uh, also at the, so uh, where I grew up is near the Gulf of Mexico and you would go down there and you'd get the old uh, uh, jellyfish around the leg thing with the burn. And then your friend saying, well, I got to pee on it because that's how you make it stop. Yeah, it's just an excuse to pee on your friends. Yeah. I, I, still, I, still, I, still, I still offer those services anytime anybody does anything. <laughs> they like stub their toe and I was like, oh, let me pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just taking, I'm just taking care of my homies. Obvious solution. <laughs> uh, creeks. Creeks were another big one. I still. Creeks the best. I'm, I'm crazy about, crazy about creeks. And if uh, I was actually riding in Sedona. A bunch of years ago, and I went. We did this huge ride. Steve Garrow uh, from Cocoino Cycles, a bike builder oh. there. Okay. I probably mispronounced that, but um, we did a big mountain bike ride together. And then we were coming back in to the tail end of the ride, and I looked down, and there's a creek. And I was just like, oh, and green plants and against the red of the rock and the blue of the sky, I was just so transfixed. And then I dumped it off this huge drop off <laughs> and uh, sprained both my wrists. Um, but my whole life creeks were I like, I love the ocean. I love that it exists, but I'm not drawn to it. Uh, whereas creeks, I don't know what it is. It's if it's like, because every section of the Creek looks different and you've got cliffs in some places and you've got pools in some places and rocks. And then there's the little, the little bugs that build houses out of tiny pebbles. Like those are all over the place. And I think those are fascinating. And I don't know. I just, I, they're the best. I spent probably most of my childhood playing in a, some kind of Creek or another. And I, yeah. I, I lament. I regret regret the fact that I didn't, you know, as a <clears throat> 16, 17, 18 year old, I go backpacking and I still spend a lot of time in the woods. But, you know, my my perspective had shifted and I was really interested in being in cities and pavement and, you know, punk shows and not spending so much time playing in creeks, although I still loved it. I just didn't utilize it as much as I wish that I could now. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you take for granted, right? Right. Exploring, busy exploring new spaces. Did I say a bad word in any of that? Have I said a bad word? I don't, I didn't detect oh, any there. That's awesome. I think I'm pretty good at this, I guess. We're doing great. Uh, second question. Oh, you want to get on the second question? How would you teach somebody to ride a bike? How would you teach someone to skate? Mm. Uh, I've been thinking about this because my sister-in-law doesn't know how to ride a bike. And I, I have taught a couple people how my, my oldest son, I taught in the traditional method where you run along next to them, holding the back of the seat mm -hmm. and then let go and watch them crash. Um, but I've come to think that actually the best way to teach someone now is to just tell them 
to sit on the bike and then push down on one of the pedals. Good luck. I think that's <laughs> no training wheels, no stable. Like you don't need me at all. Yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, talk about taking something for granted, like being able to ride a skateboard or being able to ride a bike. Uh, <clears throat> you don't, you just don't even think about it in this place, this, uh, play this little curb spot that we always meet up at in Oakland. Uh, the last day of the month, I think there's an adult school, like an adult bike school and they have a big chalk outline and these people ride around the islands and the, you know, you sit there and you're watching adults and you're just thinking like, how is it that you never learned how to ride that? It's so second nature to us and yeah. this likely this audience, um, that, uh, you don't realize and it's, you know, some people would kind of like give these people, you know, kind of heckle, like quiet heckles or whatever, like over on the side. And I'm like, man, how brave do you have to be to say, I want to ride a bike, you know, in, in America where designated bike lane is a white stripe and you, people are killed in the, I don't know how, what the statistics are, but riding a bike in traffic is sketchy and so these people are saying, I want to ride a bike. I want to ride a bike. Maybe I want to ride a bike on the weekends. I want to ride it. Maybe I'm going to start riding my bike to work or whatever. And they're learning as adults how to do this. And it just, it always blew my mind. And I was so happy for, to see people have successes, you know, um, but how to go about teaching somebody. My aunt couldn't ever ride a bike. She never learned. She, I don't know if it's like an inner ear thing, but huh. ne never learned how to ride a bike. Never knew, never understood it. Interesting. I, um, I, I taught myself, this is, uh, my dad had tried several times with great frustration. Um, and then I kind of learned on my own. And mm -hmm. I think the, so I, I have some thoughts about that, but to your point about like, how brave is it to like, take that on as an adult? Like I had, I learned to ski a few years ago and I, I got on the, uh, I got on the like kitty slope, which is right in front of like the the hundreds and hundreds of people who are experts and have been doing it their whole life. So as a 40 something year old adult, I got out there and like <clears throat> did the did the two mile an hour uh, pizza, pizza, French fries, pizza, French fries down in front of the thing. And it was it was horribly embarrassing and it shouldn't have been. Oh, it you, shouldn't you, have been. You don't know. You don't know how to do something. Oh, right. he heaven forbid. I know. And I'm not like, you know, I'm kind of kind of taking the taking the pee here. But uh, it, it's weird to get to a point where you're like, oh, I just I just I should be good at stuff. I don't want to I don't want to go through. I don't want to pe see people people see me learn how to do something. I know it's crazy. Like, uh, again, philosophically, I understand completely that it's a dumb. Who cares what they think? Right. Uh of course, I'm not going to be good at things, right? You know, it's all of those things. And yet you're there. You are yeah. just failing. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> and, well, you know, I always said, like, I'm not good. At, I'm not even good at the things that I'm good at. And so, like, to 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 be humbled and start and be really bad at a, a whole brand new thing. Like, I'm going to be yeah. mediocre at this brand new thing. And then I'm going to be bad at that when I get good at it. And, like, you know, like, I always kind of said it's just too much for me to. It's just too much for me to take. Like I, I, I work so hard at being um, pain, severely mediocre at the things that I'm good at. You know, working I'm, twice I'm, as hard to be half as good, kind of a thing. Yeah, my ego yeah. can't take anymore. 
It is hard. It is hard, but I, I mean, we're not, this is not groundbreaking to say it's worth it. And, uh, yeah, for sure it is. Uh, and I should also say that I'm currently, uh, with my second blown, uh, ACL and MCL right now, because, uh, apparently I, do, I also don't know how to ride a skateboard. Right. So, uh, good times, uh, in my camp. Uh, so how I teach somebody to do it is just, <clears throat> you know, go out and push around and, you know, get used to using your body in a different way. And, uh, eventually it's just gonna like, I just have, have fun learning by, by doing it and having fun and, and being okay, being supported and not being, and being okay with getting some bruises and some lumps and some bumps. And, and then, you know, eventually you'll be better at all of these things than, than I am. And I've been doing them for 35 years. <laughs> uh, so that's my advice. Fall down a bunch, get good with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean good at it. I mean, good with it. Yeah. Um, all right. Question three, what was good on TV when you were a kid? Mm, Batman. Batman. That was all I cared about. Probably. Get, get smart. Yeah, didn't we do a, we did a rundown of like our favorite, I think it was like Batman, I loved Wild Wild West, which you said that you never really got into, <clears throat> James West, I don't remember the actors, Robert Conrad, oh my gosh, what a smoke show, that guy, <laughs> that guy might be one of the finest men in history, uh, and what else did I, I mean, there were cartoons that I really liked, um, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of any Saturday. Oh, like the original Pink Panther. Like, I love that. I thought that was really funny. Uh, I liked Electric Company. My favorite was when Spider-Man was on the episode of Electric Company. Same, same. It, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't every, it wasn't every time. It wasn't every episode. It was just sometimes, which made it more, more special. It made it more special, but also as a kid, were you not like, obviously Spider-Man is the best thing about this show. Why isn't the whole show just Spider-Man? <laughs> it was so, it was so, it was so wholesome, you know? And it was funny because it, uh, he didn't ever speak. Right. It, it was like, he'd do all the Spider-Man moves and then it would have like, it looked sort of, it was like live action, but it looked kind of comic book and it would be like exclamation points in a thought bubble. And I always assumed, what was the bald guy on the show? What was his name? Franklin? I so, don't remember. He's a white guy. I don't remember. Um, I always assumed that it was probably him because you would be able to tell if it was anybody else because they had hair. And so they would like make the mask lumpy. So I assumed it was the bald guy. But like we don't really know. It could have been multiple actors. It could have been an actor that we never even saw. It was just hired as Spider-Man. Could have been Morgan Freeman. That was where, Mor where Morgan Freeman got his start. Marlon Brando. <clears throat> Marlon. Just, what? just side hustling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. So like all of the, all that stuff, I didn't watch a ton of TV. Oh, the fall guy. Duh. That I still adore the fall guy. It, it, I thought that was it was Wednesday nights and I would actually get dressed to watch the show. I would put, <laughs> I would put on a cowboy shirt and cowboy boots and jeans and I in a ball a mesh back ball cap, and I would sit and watch the Fall Guy. I loved it. I loved the truck. I loved the stunts. 
You still do. I still do. And, you know, another thing about the show is that in WKRP in Cincinnati was kind of the same way. Like Lonnie Anderson's character, um, she was very pretty, but she it was obvious that she she was no nonsense and she wasn't portrayed as this sort of like vapid blonde. Um, And uh, Jody Banks, who is Colt Seaver's apprentice, played by uh, the absolutely breathtaking Heather Thomas, she was the same way, like no BS. She was a proficient stunt person. She helped solve crimes or get bail jumpers or whatever the shenanigans in that particular episode was. Very pretty, but also like was not afraid to throw a punch. And and I just loved that. I loved that it was like, I have a crush on this person, but she's just such a, she's just such a tough and powerful character. Like I thought that was... It was my, I love that show. I uh, also, um, Lee Majors, I loved Six Million Dollar Man. And mm-hmm. you remember the um, foot tall Six Million Dollar Man? You look at the back figure. of his head and he, it's bionic vision and he got the different yeah. arms that snap on and there's like little compartments in the arms with gas masks and stuff. Oh. So good. Oh, so, so good. good. Yeah, I was, I was pretty hooked on that stuff. Um, if you had kids, what, you want to go to f- question four? Yeah. If I had kids, what single piece of advice uh, would I want to give them? And I think that would be, um, I mean, I don't have kids, but I talk to a 17, 18 year old impressionable self, myself a lot. And um, be nicer to yourself. That, I mean, like really like learn to love yourself like you love your friends make a constant effort to love yourself like you love your friends. That's what I would t- tell my kid. Otherwise like they'd, they'd be feral. They would have no direction. Uh, they'd be unwashed, uh, but they would be, they would really love themselves unconditionally. That's what I would say. My advice to young people would be to try to make adults as uncomfortable as possible. For example, <laughs> um, you know, if if you're at your friend's house and uh, they make uh, pork chop and stovetop stuffing or something you really like, uh, afterwards you say, "Thanks, this meal really pleasured me." <laughs> <laughs> so things like that. I, that's what I would I would say. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for pleasuring me with this meal. Thank you for uh, pleasuring my mouth with your meat. Yes. Mr. Mr. Ambrosier. (laughs) My friend Aaron Ambrosier, his dad, he was really deadpan, like really dry in his delivery. And I would go over to his house to spend the night. Aaron and I were voted class clowns when I was in fifth grade. Like we were were pretty hilarious kids. And uh, I would go over to Aaron's house and Mr. Ambrosier would say like, he'd say, oh, Steve, I heard you died. You know, it, like it's a little, as a little kid, it was the best, you know, it'd be, I just, you know, but it was also kind of like, he was just treating me as like one of the guys and that, yeah, I think that sort of informed the t- sort of person I grew up to be and the sense of humor I have. Yeah, I think that's right. In fact, I don't think kids need any advice. I think parents need advice and the parent, the advice I would give to parents is don't treat your kids like they're idiots. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah. And and don't assume, oh, that's another piece. Uh, the inverse of that was uh, don't assume that grownups know everything. Oh, yeah. You know, but I don't be a jerk about it, but just don't 
Don't I mean, that. I do, but don't generally speaking, don't <laughs> sure. treat adults like <laughs> right, they know everything. Uh, and I guess the would you rather, this is, this is a good one. This is wholesome too. Uh, would you rather have a tickle fight with your best friend every day or a food fight with your parents? Uh, a food fight. I would light yeah. my parents up. I would destroy them. Uh, you know, I'm a little broken, a little addled, but I still got a real good arm on me. Uh, Sue and Mike wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, who would you be tickle fighting at this point? Oh, I don't, I don't have, I don't have, I have a lot of really good friends, but I don't have, um, I don't have a best friend. Yeah. Trying but to make like, my, say, myself, I'm my own best friend. Oh, you might just have a tickle fight with you. <laughs> um, I have to pee so bad right now, by the way. I've oh. been having a tickle fight with my own weenus. No, my own dong this whole time because <laughs> I have to pee. I'm basically like clamping it down. Oh, Did you know that no. oh, you know, the weenus is the loose skin on the elbow? I was, I was vaguely aware of that. Yeah, it's the only place on a body that it's appropriate to touch your coworkers. The older I get, the larger my weenus becomes. <laughs> <laughs> it's cartilage. Your nose keeps growing the older you get. That's so you look like Jimmy Durante. You got a big honker. And then yeah. you got huge ears and dangly weenuses. <laughs> dangly weenuses. Like it's like my weenus is dangly enough now that I shouldn't get it. Like some people have tattooed weenuses. Yeah. I shouldn't get my no My way. Weenus tattooed. When you're tough, when you're young, tough kid, you get spider webs tattooed on your weenus, and then when yeah. you're old, they turn into cobwebs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sad. Okay, what about what about you? Take a fight with your best friend or a food fight with your parents? The idea of throwing a full, like a handful <laughs> of mashed potatoes with gravy <laughs> in in Julia's in Julia's face, right in her kisser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have to be the food fight. Definitely have to be the food fight. My, so my dad is no longer with us. Um, and he had Parkinson's disease, which is not funny at all, except, and I'm going to talk as long as I can, because I know you have to be, I'm dying but, over here. Uh, one of the things my dad, uh, his eating got really sloppy and I would, I was forever <laughs> amused by, he would have like mashed potato on the corner of his glasses. <laughs> He'd have his head down, right? Because he's trying to like get as much of it in his mouth as he can. This oh. is the, an adaptation adaptation to Parkinson's. And right. then he would lift his head up and have like <laughs> have like a pea, like a green pea stuck to the corner of his glasses. That's so and, rough. You know, my view is like you can cry about that because it's so sad, but it's much better to laugh. And yeah. uh, I still find that so funny. Well, as we've discussed <clears throat> previously, uh, if you're not laughing, you're crying. And yep. I've, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out of tears at this point, you know, like not, that's not totally accurate, but if you can find humor, uh, in all corners and aspects and situations, uh, it's better because there is, uh, so much to mourn. And so much to be sad yes. about. Um, yes. But I knew that you're. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and it uh, it made me wheeze laugh. So <laughs> thanks for that. We should uh, wrap this up because uh, I can see Steve is starting to shiver. He's got a pee so bad. <laughs> my uh, my eyes are. I feel like the whites of my eyes are starting to discolor. 
There's so yes. much urine in my body. <laughs> uh, one time I went to Flagstaff and I was driving back from Phoenix and I had to pee. I mean, I was like sweating. I had to pee so bad. And then I went and I timed it because I knew that was going to be an epic. And uh, it was 90 seconds. Start to finish. I peed for 90 seconds. I don't even know how my kidneys didn't explode. Um, but now I'm sure I'm going to go in and it's going to be like a 15 second pee. Like this is excruciating, but it's just going to be like, meh, done and yeah. done. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening to Revolting. Uh, Probably won't be this good ever again. So tune in next week when we'll be back with our normal mayhem, rambling, and profanity-laced digression. On behalf of the Revolting Podcast and Cycling Independent, I'm Steele. Don't forget to suck it. Just to know that you are mine.